You're on Access to Story Radio with Trav Johnson. We're talking about faith formation, culture, and the story of God. Follow us on accesstostory.com or follow me on travjohnson.com. Now, I don't envy the search team for a youth pastor at the moment. In fact, I, I got a phone call uh, just recently from a guy who's the lead of a, of a team at a reasonably large church. And he said, we've been searching for a youth and young, young adults pastor for 11 months. Uh, it seems like a recurring theme. Medium-sized churches looking for experienced youth pastors who are passionate about seeing young people follow Jesus and uh, who will be a good fit for the particular culture of a church. And my own home church is in transition. Youth pastor finished up 15 months ago and then I stepped in for like six months of support and now the children and families pastor is overseeing the team as the church leaders search for a new person. And there's an interstate church that's just seen their youth pastor conclude and recently they invited me to facilitate some consultancy for the transition between now and what's next for them. There are some excellent people who are working hard in a variety of different local church contexts and I don't want my question, uh, where are the youth pastors, <laughs> uh, to make things harder than what they already are. But from my perspective, there seems to be a widening gap between what church leadership teams are looking for in youth ministry and the availability of good people. And so why are good youth pastors hard to come by? There's probably a number of factors that could be at play. Uh, might be the approach in selection, uh, conditions of employment, a pathway of development for emerging leaders, the expectations in a constant state uh, of flux, team dynamics, generational factors. I wonder whether the problem of finding a good youth pastor though is perhaps symptomatic of a larger subject where what we've known as local church is in the midst of a tectonic paradigm shift. A good friend of mine, Richard, uh, reminds me of the story of Kodak where after nearly 100 years of photography innovation and 85% market share in the 1970s, they faltered at the integration of digital technology. And then with the rise of social media, Kodak came to its demise in 2012. They struggled to come to terms with the reality that while their business model was centered on film and print sales, film and printing wasn't their core business. Capturing memories was their core business. In a similar way, the local church's business is less about buildings and services and programs and more about making disciples. 
I think there's actually no shortage of good people as I move around Christian circles. There are plenty of good people who would probably make awesome youth pastors. I'm seeing no shortage of people who are passionate about faith formation and discipleship among the emerging generation. There are some great people doing faith formation in youth worker or, or educator roles, and many of whom have moved out of local church positions so they can more freely invest in the next generation. That's right. Good people who have determined that the local church is not the best environment for making disciples. That's why it's hard to find a good youth pastor because the type of people churches are looking for are busy doing disciple making outside of established local churches. And so it leads me to the question, is youth ministry even a thing anymore? Now, I know it's a thing. Like I said, there are lots of good people doing lots of good work in a variety of local churches. But it might also be wise to ask where youth ministry came from, what the expectations are of those who are looking to sustain it, and where the practice of ministry among young people is going. Youth ministry traces its roots back to the Western Industrial Revolution, where children and young people were at the centre of significant social upheaval, being drawn or pushed into factory employment and thereby finding themselves to be disconnected from the existing community fabric of village and family life. It was in the midst of this upheaval where Sunday schools and youth societies emerged. Christian people who saw the desperate need of a generation adrift from their normal network of support and with that the loss of mentors, advisors and family. Christian Endeavour finds its origin here as one of the first youth societies birthed in Portland, Maine in 1881. In the mid-20th century, the movement of youth societies morphed into youth outreach through parachurch organisations like Youth for Christ, Navigators, Campus Crusade and Scripture Union. And then in the 60s and 70s, local churches began to accommodate the focus of such organisations by employing youth pastors as part of their staff teams. My read on this development is that over the last 40 years, the profession of youth ministry has become an expectation among the decision makers in local churches. But rather than coming from the desire to provide community to a generation without the moorings of family or village life, the employment of a professional youth pastor is often about facilitating an environment for the young people of church families to remain connected to the established local church. The irony is that the segmentation of youth ministry within the local church body often perpetuates the separation of young people from other generations, thereby accomplishing the exact opposite of what the pioneers of youth ministry first set out to do. 
Much like Kodak, we risk losing sight of our core business of discipling the next generation while we remain committed to the structures we have inherited. So how is a local church expected to respond to this? If we're looking for a new youth pastor in the midst of a paradigm shift, much like Kodak were, not that they were looking for a youth pastor, but you get my drift. How do we navigate this tectonic shift? In their article on Kodak, the people of Brandmines named three reasons for Kodak's demise, and one of them being a lack of organisational agility. And the suggested remedy for this lack is to allow the voices of the innovators to be heard. So perhaps rather than focusing on finding someone to continue the established model, it might be good for us to identify those who are innovating and let their voice be heard. So how do we do that? Well, I've got some suggestions on that. I think we can champion the people and places that are raising up healthy disciples. I think we can engage with parents and carers of young people and tell those stories of fruitfulness. I think we can invest in young adults to the end of seeing them develop into functioning adults on mission. And I think we can invest in innovation around a new paradigm of church. So let's think about championing the people and places that are raising up healthy disciples. If you're noticing where a person, people or organisation, school or community group is seeing fruit in disciple making, then perhaps we can celebrate their fruit without feeling the compulsion to pull it in under the banner of our own organisation and allow your own people to learn from them. I think a great example of this is what Vetamorphos have accomplished over the last decade or more, where they've seen the fruit of discipleship in a variety of different contexts as they've invested, seen uh, released uh, supervisors and disciples, uh, chaplains, teachers, uh, into um, walking with young people. Uh, secondly, engage with parents and carers of young people and tell those stories of fruitfulness. And this will help reshape the expectations parents have of the church to just run a program for their kids. And it will strengthen relational connection with families, enabling a journey toward healthy intergenerational community. So engage with parents and carers of young people and tell stories of fruitfulness. Our third suggestion is to invest in young adults to the end of seeing them develop into functioning adults on mission. The system of ministry in the local church will often communicate the expectation that Christian discipleship peaks at becoming a volunteer youth leader. This may help us sustain our youth ministry program, but if youth ministry involvement is the only measurement of discipleship, then it does little to sustain the formation of young adults as they traverse the post-Christian culture they are living in. And not just traverse it, but actually influence and impact the culture around them. Time and time again, I've seen young adults who grow up through high school ministry, uh, selected or invited or uh, graduated into, into leaders of the youth ministry, and uh, that is seemed to be the pinnacle of their discipleship journey. Uh, 
um, and it's problematic. So that's investing in young adults to the end of seeing them develop into functioning adults on mission. Fourthly, investing in innovation around a new paradigm of church. One of the options I gave to the church I did consultancy with recently was around the idea of building a platform for mission and ministry innovation with the young adults in their church community. Then through that platform, releasing those who are making disciples into the frontier of planting church. Whether they choose this path and how it might look remains to be seen. But the possibility of forging a new path certainly disrupted the thinking of the church leaders I was talking with. And so uh, my suggestions in regards to this uh, response of uh, where do we find good youth pastors, uh, perhaps rather than keeping on looking for good youth pastors, we shift the conversation and we champion the people and places that are already raising up healthy disciples. Uh, we engage with parents and carers of young people and tell stories of fruitfulness that we're seeing around them. Uh, we invest in young adults to the end of seeing them develop into functioning adults on mission. And we invest in innovation around a new paradigm of church. Now, it might be that you, in the midst of this, find a good youth pastor in the meantime. Excellent. But in a post-Christian, post-2020 era, I contend that we must posture ourselves toward a new paradigm, whoever we employ and whatever their title. You're on Access to Story Radio with Trav Johnson. We're talking about faith formation, culture, and the story of God. Follow us on accesstostory.com or follow me on travjohnson.com.